2 Corinthians 5, verses 11 to 21. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but we are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's, let's pray before we get into God's word. Father God, we we pray that as we hear from your word now, that your spirit would be guiding us, uh, that you would be guiding my words, and that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see, that we would understand the greatness of the good news of Jesus, that it would have an impact in our lives, in our priorities, and in our joy. And we pray as Nick did earlier that we would be people of great joy because we are the ones with the good news of Jesus. Amen. Well, the story was once told of an extremely rich and eccentric tycoon who used to hold incredibly lavish parties. This tycoon was known for wowing his guests in all sorts of really quite extravagant ways. And so in preparation for this particular party, he had his enormous pool filled with venomous snakes. Now, a word of note, Bethany, there are no poisonous snakes back here. And anyway, once everybody arrived, he called all of his guests together and he announced to them, to the brave person who is willing to swim from this side to the other side, I will give them the choice of a thousand acres of my oil fields. 10,000 head of cattle or my daughter's hand in marriage. No sooner had he spoken these words than a young man jumped into the pool, worked his way to the other side and jumped out the other side 
unscathed but extremely breathless. Amazed, the tycoon said, Congratulations! Do you want my oil fields? No, gasped the guest. The 10,000 head of cattle? No, he shouted. Well, how about my daughter's hand in marriage? No, he said. You must want something, the puzzled host replied. To which the young man said, I want the name of the bloke who pushed me in. This young man wasn't motivated by wealth, riches or love. He had simply been pushed. And even though he may have had no motivation for jumping into that pool to begin with, it's not hard to imagine how single-minded he would have been once he was in there with poisonous snakes slithering all around. In that moment, no distraction would have been great enough to take his focus off just getting to the other side. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had that same kind of single-mindedness when it comes to following and serving Jesus? We all live busy lives full of all sorts of distractions that are always competing for our attention. For some of us, it's the long lists of things that need to be done on the farm or in our workplace or at home. For others, it's the busyness of raising small children, of caring for aged loved ones, or for just wrestling with our own health problems. While we wrestle with all of these daily responsibilities, we are also constantly being bombarded with news and social media as it too competes for our attention and tries to shape who we are and what our priorities should be. With all this constant busyness and distraction going on all around us, it's really easy, isn't it, to lose our motivation and our focus and to simply start going through the motions of life and to start going through the motions when it comes to our faith in Jesus as well. Do you feel motivated this morning to serve Jesus? Or are you feeling tired, distracted or lukewarm? Are you feeling as though every time you've tried to read your Bible more, to invest more time in prayer, or to get more serious about following Jesus, that sooner or later, well, you've lost your motivation. Well, this morning, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would give each of us a push, just like that guy into the pool, that we might find the motivation that doesn't come from us, but comes from the love of Christ. So as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning, there are three things we're going to be looking at. The first is that the love of Christ motivates. The second is that the love of Christ renews. And the third is that the love of Christ provides us with purpose. I encourage you to keep your Bibles open as we go through the passage. So in verses 11 to 14... Paul explains that Christ's love motivates. Now, as Paul wrote these words, he knew that everything he had done in the service of God since he had come to faith in Jesus looked strange, even foolish from an earthly point of view. In Philippians 
chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Paul testifies, testifies that he was once a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was somebody who was held in high regard. He was considered an up-and-coming religious leader among his people. He was respected by all of his peers. When Jesus entered Paul's life, his whole world changed. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Or in other words, once Jesus had entered Paul's life, his career as a Pharisee, his reputation amongst his people, even his financial future, Paul now considered as loss, as a waste of time, as unimportant, meaningless, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord. Back here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verses 13 to 14, it says, If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. The young man who was pushed into that pool of venomous snakes was motivated by the fear of death. But those who are motivated by the love of Christ are compelled not by the fear of death, but by the certain hope of life, life that has been purchased through the death of God himself in our place. Our motivation, the, the Christian motivation, is that Christ willingly laid down his life for us so that we might be reunited and freed from the fear of death. Therefore, if our hope is in Christ Jesus, then we have a hope that goes beyond the brokenness of this world. And which means that those who invest heavily in this hope those who are willing to look crazy for the sake of the gospel are not actually the crazy ones. As the famous uh, missionary Jim Elliot once said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot gain. Sorry, gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. It is Christ's love that motivates those who trust in him to live in this world for him, and to risk looking like fools for the sake of his name so that they can be rest in this hope of Christ Jesus. In verses 15 to 17, Paul explains that Christ's love renews. Many of you will know that uh, for quite a while I've been struggling with problems with my hearing. I knew that I'd been having hearing problems for quite a while because I kept having to ask people what they were saying. Everybody else seemed to hear, but I couldn't. But it wasn't until I got my first set of hearing aids that I realised how bad my hearing actually was. For weeks after getting them, I was incredibly fascinated by our split systems air condition events as they moved from side to side and I could actually hear the sound. 
I was excited when I could hear rain on our tin roof outside for the first time. It was like a light switch being turned on in a dark room. All the things that I once struggled to hear, I could now clearly hear. That's what the love of Christ does in the hearts of those who understand and believe in the good news of Jesus. It opens our eyes and our ears so that we can hear and see the world around us for what it really is. A world that's separated from God by sin. A world that's in desperate need of a saviour. It's the love that God has shown through his one and only son that changes everything. It changes the way we value earthly things and how we prioritise our time and our money. When our hearts understand that Jesus died for us, then we are compelled, we are pushed by the Spirit to live for him. Not out of duty, but out of gratitude for who he is and for what he has done. As verse uh, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. These are wonderful words of encouragement to those who trust in Jesus because they help us to think about what Christ has done. But they are also words that cause many of us frustration. And they cause us this frustration because we know that we still wrestle with our old self, our old sinful nature. We still often fall for temptations that we know that as new creations in Christ Jesus, we shouldn't. And sometimes these words can even cause believers to doubt whether they're even saved at all. But let me encourage us all this morning with the good news that the love of Christ renews those who trust in him. The Apostle Paul himself knew this constant battle the believers have, this wrestle with the old nature. He says in Romans chapter 7 that I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. And if it ended there, it would be a very sad story. But when it gets to Romans 8, Paul explains that because of the love of Christ, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, we will still battle with sin and temptation, even though we are new creations in Christ Jesus. But the guilt that once weighed us down has been placed on Christ, who paid for our sins on the cross, past, present and future. And therefore, just like Paul, we can rejoice and say, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. In verses 18 to 21, Paul explains that Christ's love provides us with purpose. Now, Paul says in these verses that through Christ we have been reconciled to God through his death on our behalf. 
To be reconciled to God is to have peace with God. It's to be reunited with God. And we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That is the job of sharing the good news of Jesus with a world that has not yet heard it. In these verses, Paul is answering the age-old question of why we are here. Just think about it. As followers of Jesus, we would be far better off to be with him. We would be far better off to be in the new creation and in the eternal presence of our Saviour rather than in this fallen and broken world where we get tired and sick, where we grieve the loss of loved ones, where we struggle. So why are we here? Why are we still here? Well, it's certainly not so that we can build ourselves comfortable lives in this world. It definitely isn't so that we can live our best life now. The reason that we are still in this fallen world is to serve as Christ's ambassadors, to be his representatives here on earth so that those who don't yet know him might have the opportunity to hear and believe this message of salvation through Jesus, the message that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all guilty of rebelling against our creator. We have all failed to perfectly honour God with our whole lives. But God made him who had no sin, speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us, to be considered sinful for us as our sin and shame was laid on him at the cross. He suffered so that we might become the righteousness of God. That word righteousness is just another way of saying that we are being made right with God, that the relationship has been restored through Christ Jesus, that we have been made new creations. We are no longer enemies of God, but through the love of Christ, we have now become God's ambassadors on earth. And it's not like he's reluctantly letting us in either. He's not just tolerating us and letting us hang around, waiting for us to prove ourselves. No, because of Jesus, we are immediately and fully forgiven. We have complete acceptance with God and set apart as his ambassadors his representatives with the purpose of sharing the good news of Jesus to this dying world. This morning we've been reminded that the love of Christ motivates, the love of Christ renews, and the love of Christ provides us with purpose. The love of Christ showed to us on the cross is the central hope of the Christian faith. When our hearts know the love of Christ, it is the push that the Holy Spirit uses to motivate us, to change us and to make us more like his son. To stop serving ourselves and our own desires and to start serving Jesus. 
to be willing to look crazy to the, in this world for the sake of Christ Jesus, our Lord. To those who don't know Jesus, giving up things in this life, not building our own kingdom, looks crazy. Investing heavily in the age to come, being sacrificial in our service of Christ, does look crazy to a world that doesn't know Jesus. You might struggle to fit in with the kids at school because the things that they think are important are not important to you because of different priorities. You might find it a struggle to fit in at work or in the community because the things that they live for are so different to what we live for, the hope we have in Christ Jesus. We have had our relationships with God restored and become fully accepted representatives of his kingdom. Of course this world's going to struggle with our new kingdom priorities and the love that motivates us. But if our faith is in Christ, we are not of this world. We are here to serve as his ambassadors and to share the good news that God has made a way through the love of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we confess that we have all sinned and fallen short of your glory. And Lord, we, we also confess that at times our motivation in our walk with you has waned. Lord, we pray this morning that your spirit would work in each of our hearts, that the love of Christ, the good news of Jesus, would motivate us, would renew us, and would give us purpose in this world. Lord, we thank you for the infinite mercy of Christ Jesus, the total sufficiency of his sacrifice in our place, that he was able to pay for our past, present and future sins. We thank you for the mercy that you have shown us, that you have made us sons and daughters of the living God, and that we now have the joy of being your ambassadors in this world. Lord, we pray that you would help us to engage with the purpose that you have given us faithfully for the glory of our Saviour and Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.